Life by Divine with Sue DeMay fosters deep healing and profound awakenings as she guides you to hear, answer, and trust the highest calling of your heart. Your host and sacred guide is Global Impact Visionary Leader Sue DeMay, a best-selling author, international speaker, and gifted intuitive healer who challenges all of us to shift from life by default or even life by design to truly living life by divine. And now, here is Sue DeMay. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the show. I am here. I'm a few minutes late. We had a little bit of a technical glitch there, but we're, we're here. We arrived. And I am excited to be here once again and honored to be sprinkling your life and sharing insights and guidance and love in whatever way is guided to each week. And this week's topic we're going to talk about is how to change your limiting default settings. Now I've talked about the default settings a little bit in the past and I've alluded to, I've talked to them around love, our default settings for love and different things like that. But I wanted to dive into the actual like, what, what are the default settings? Why are they there? How do we actually create awareness around them? How can we regain a sense of control again because a lot of times these default settings feel out of our control they feel like a reaction like a, a, after the fact you can kind of look back and go oh there it was again and in those moments it's a, it's a very subconscious deep programming and in those moments it's challenging to catch and to shift so today I want to talk about some different ideas, some different tools, and some ways that you can increase your awareness around it, catch it in the moment instead of waiting until hindsight, and also in that moment make a conscious choice to respond instead of react or to change that default setting. So it's, it's going to take a little bit of work, a little bit of practice to change some of these things, but Today, I'm going to give you as much as I can in the time we have together and see what message comes in for you and be open and curious about what lands for you. It's always about tuning in and taking what resonates, what lands and bringing that into your heart and then bringing that into your life to integrate. Not everything I say is going to resonate with you and it doesn't need to. You need to take what lands, what creates a little ping or a knowing or a resonance deep within you and take that into your life. Now, having said that, I also want you to be aware of what causes resistance. So if, I, if there's something I say each week or there's some kind of theme or there's something that irks you or triggers you, I want you to be aware of that as well because all of the resistance that you feel is a finger pointing in to what's left over for you. So something can not resonate for you and you'll feel neutral. And then there may be something that may not resonate for you, but you feel triggered. There's a reason for that. That trigger is something to look at. So I'm going to invite you to pay attention to when you feel resistance. When you feel irritated by something I say, triggered by something I say, distracted all of a sudden, wanting to go off and do something else instead of really focusing and being here now, Whatever it is, however the resistance shows up, I want you to pay attention. Resistance is your friend. It's a finger pointing to what leftovers you have. It's also a finger that can point to your default settings. So let me back up. What is a default setting? Basically, we all have these internal set points. And these internal set points are programming based on our experiences growing up. Some of these programs were put in place from that moment of zero to six years of age where we didn't have the capacity in the mind to filter or discern for ourselves whether something we heard or experienced around us is true or not or resonated for us or not. In that time from zero to six, your mind is at a stage, your brain was at a developmental stage 
where everything just got downloaded and there was no filter and no discernment. As we get older, as we got older, we actually were able to start to say, okay, well, I agree with that or I disagree with that, or that works for me, but that doesn't work for me. Prior to that, it was just this downloads. So a lot of information that we gained from zero to six years of age is still influencing us on a subconscious level. Sometimes we're aware of it, sometimes we're not. Much of it, we're not aware of. So 5% of the thoughts that you actually hear in your mind right now, are that's the self-talk, that's what you hear, the chatter. That's only 5% of what's going on in your brain, 5% of what's going on in the mind. And when we recognize that 95%, this is like kind of general speaking for most people, 95% is what's playing in the background. We don't actually hear in our head. It's just happening. And it's that programming that really can keep us stuck. So what happens is you have your thoughts and your, your chatter and the self-talk in your conscious mind. It's what you can hear, stuff that's going on. And then you have your beliefs stored in your subconscious mind. If you have a thought that's in alignment with the belief in the, in the subconscious mind, there's no problem. But if you have a thought or a desire at the conscious mind level that is not in alignment with what you believe is possible for you, there'll be a glitch. There'll be an override that happens. The subconscious mind and the belief that's held there will override your desire and your thought. So if you have a thought for abundance, but you have a belief in the subconscious mind that you're not worthy, so your internal set point for abundance is set low, or your internal set point for worthiness is set low, your belief will override your desire. It will override your thought to have abundance in your life or to allow abundance to come in. It's these overrides or these default settings or these internal set points that really keep us stuck and hold us back. This is also a good recipe for self-sabotage. So what'll happen is just like a thermostat for temperature, if your abundance gets up a little bit above where your internal set point is, there's usually some kind of feeling of discomfort. You can kind of camp out there for a little bit, but these set points are put in place long before, usually through childhood and through our experiences growing up. And what happens with these set points is, let's say your abundance set point is five out of 10, and you're living between zero and five, and it's comfortable because it's familiar. It's a familiar internal set point. When you get stretched above that set point, so let's say you, you stretch yourself to six or seven, maybe even eight, it becomes unfamiliar. It becomes unknown. It becomes uncomfortable because there's comfort in what's familiar. That's what we're, we're programmed to believe. And that's what we're conditioned to experience. Now, when you rise up above your internal set point, just like in a, a thermostat, if the temperature goes above a certain degree, then the air conditioning comes on. Or if that's, that's down here in Turks and Caicos, but if you're in you know, Canada right now and it's somewhere cold, if the temperature goes to a certain degree, then the heat will come on. It's the same thing with these internal set points. When we hit that default setting and we go beyond that default setting, something will happen to bring us back down into that comfortable internal set point, our default setting. The challenge is when that happens, it's usually some form of self-sabotage or some form of sabotaging your life, which is self-sabotage, but it can be directed outward or it can be directed inward at you. It can be projected onto somebody else or a circumstance or a situation outside of yourself, or it can be directed internally. Either way, you want to take a look at where your set points are. So 
How do we identify the set points? We can look at resistance. We can look at triggers. We can look at those things that, that, react, that we react to. And those are usually indications that there's something to look at in the way of a set point. For me, growing up, a lot of times my internal set points were set quite low. So really low for worthiness. This is probably zero to one for a long, long time. And happiness was maybe three. And I still find that to be really happy for a long period of time. Like I have people in my life that are very joyful and full of joy. And I, I don't know how they sustain joy so long for so many days in a row. For me, it's like I have these pockets of joy, have these like openings of joy, have these days of joy. And then I kind of go back into this comfort zone around joy and happiness. And I'm stretching myself, I'm raising the roof, I'm raising that internal set point over the years. But it's a little bit of, it takes some time and it's not my natural set point. Now, when we talk about peace, my natural set point for peace is quite high. And I can even make peace with pain. When I was younger and I had a lot of physical pain or, or emotional pain, I would make peace with it. I would accept it and make peace with it. Now, a lot of times that was kind of creating a lot of suffering, but peace was more of a, an easy set point for me to play with and to rise up. So I can pretty much be in a place of peace in most circumstances and witness what's going on and be part of it and play my part in it and still maintain my peace, even if there's uh, an experience of upset or a trigger. I can still have an underlying level of peace. That's, that's a really strong internal set point for me is in peace. I didn't have that all the time. It was easier for me growing up. And now it's, it's kind of my default setting. And somebody recently just said to me too, you know, you're really always so calm. You're very calming. I have a very calming and grounding effect on a lot of people when I'm around them. But I'm also, I can take situations and process them and integrate them and play my part and for the most part, remain calm and peaceful. Now I can have a voice, I can speak my truth. It doesn't always sound kind. It's sometimes very straightforward or very direct, but at the same time, energetically, I am in a place of deep peace and deep trust. So those are set points that I've been working with that are easy for me to work with. Happiness and joy have been challenging for me to work with. So they they require more effort and they require more awareness and they require more continued work and practice. So I want you to identify one thing that maybe isn't like your strong sticky point like happiness and joy was for me. Find an internal set point that maybe doesn't feel so sticky for you that we can kind of explore as we go through the radio show episode today. When we look at internal set points, whether it's abundance, happiness, love, joy, trust, everything has an internal set point. Some things we're just naturally, our set point is naturally at 10 out of 10. And other things we're programmed to be really low based on our experiences as a child, based on our past, based on trauma, based on what we've witnessed around us growing up, based on our cultures, based on the hereditary components. So there's a generational imprint a lot of times, past life imprint as well, if you wanna kind of go into that, that realm. So there's a lot influencing our internal set points. I want you to reflect on your life and just identify what's one area of your life you'd like to increase your capacity or increase your set point around. So maybe you want to increase your capacity for love, to receive love. Maybe you want to increase your capacity to receive abundance, to be open to abundance, for joy, happiness, whatever it is for you. Explore that with me today. As we are going through, I want you to begin by identifying in your heart where do you believe in your heart? Where do you feel your internal set point is around that? So 
So I mentioned earlier that happiness for me was quite low growing up, but it's gotten a little bit higher. I would say growing up, it was probably maybe four or five. Maybe I'm being generous. It was probably three to four. And now I would say I'm more like seven or eight. But my default setting is to kind of that, that serious undertone of, deep peace, but with a serious fling to it. So I have this like serious side and I'm more serious than playful. If I was going to choose one, I'd be more serious than playful. Now, if I wanted to choose one consciously, not my default setting, then I would choose playfulness. There's a real yearning for playfulness for me. There always has been, and I find little pockets and I find ways to be playful. However, it's not my default setting. So as you reflect on what I'm saying, you're reflecting on your life, just identify one or two things that you know you have default settings around that are lower than what you would like them to be. And instead of judging, we're just gathering information to start here, and then we're gathering enough information that we can start to use these pieces to help shift your internal default settings. So identify one or two, and then on a scale from zero to 10, zero being like none, Zippo doesn't exist at all in your life, and 10 being the highest you can possibly be in alignment with that, where do you land on that scale for those particular areas or things that you're focusing on? What is your default setting? So for abundance, what is your default setting? For love, what is your default setting? What is it set at? What is your internal set point? Keeping in mind these internal set points and default settings have been programmed into our minds. So we're not only getting the programming that we had from our childhood, from our past experiences, but also we have that social programming as well. And a lot of times, even with the social programming, for example, with abundance, we can you know, yearn for abundance, we can open our hearts to abundance, but even moving toward abundance, we also will be influenced by maybe some collective guilt, feeling guilty for having more than another person or having money when someone else doesn't have money or yearning for something or having a desire for something and feeling guilty because we judge it as being selfish or asking too much or having too much. Living an abundant life means that someone else needs to live in poverty. And those things aren't true, but they're all programming. Now, if we are guided, if we remain guided, if we are heart-led when it comes to these things, we have to recognize that when we follow our heart, it's the guidance that's coming through is serving everyone, everywhere, all together, all at once. So when we allow ourselves to be led by the heart, we can embrace abundance without guilt and the same way another person can embrace abundance without guilt. Where we get stuck is when we are filtering everything through our mind. And when we go through the limitations of the mind, then that's where the ego has the ability to implant guilt and shame and what we should or shouldn't do, what we should or shouldn't have, and really use projection a lot in the way of what other people have or what we don't have, or feeling grateful for what we have, we shouldn't ask for more. There's a lot around this. There's a lot that the ego can come in and do in the way of convincing you that you shouldn't change your default settings. Low default settings, low internal set points, are points of weakness for the ego mind. The ego is our master teacher of fear. The ego's role is to keep us safe and protected and keep us from taking risks and wants us to to stay small and play small. So the ego loves to sabotage. It loves to use whatever it can to keep us running on a hamster wheel of self-sabotage and fear. If we buy into the ego stories and we let the mind, the ego mind take over, then 
we will feel guilty. We will feel, we'll feel ashamed. We will feel unworthy. There's a lot of things that can happen if we let the ego take over because it's basically embedded in a foundation of fear. When we lead with our heart, we can bypass a lot of the mind's filters and programming. The challenge is a lot of people take what they hear in their heart, bring it into the mind, and then take action. So there is a process where you can actually bypass the mind and take inspired action, even when it doesn't make sense, or even when you're resisting it, or even if you're afraid, or even if you feel unworthy. We take action anyways. And it's this kind of zone of discomfort, that, that gap between what your heart knows and what your mind thinks, it's in that gap that creates a lot of discomfort. But moving through that discomfort, a lot of times we can break free from it. So for example, even doing something like stretching yourself in a way that feels uncomfortable, the more you stretch yourself and the more you do that over and over again, the more you actually become comfortable with feeling uncomfortable. Or you, it becomes more natural for you and you kind of settle into it and it doesn't feel like such a stretch anymore. So sometimes we need to kind of move through the fear. Sometimes we need to go through the discomfort or resistance. Sometimes we need to take inspired action, even when it doesn't make sense in our head, and even when it doesn't make sense to others. And often we can change those internal set points if we camp out in that gap of discomfort until it becomes comfortable for us. So this kind of work isn't easy. It's not like easy peasy, lemon squeezy. It takes some effort, it takes some willingness, it takes a commitment, it requires you to move through some fear, it's gonna require you to move through some discomfort. But I'll tell you, the more you do this work, the easier it becomes because you get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And knowing especially that there's the miracle on the other side, that there's the breakthrough on the other side of that, that squeeze, that contraction. We always have that contraction just before the expansion. And a lot of times what happens is people are moving towards something and then it squeezes just a little bit more. There's just a little bit more of contrast. And then just before that, it squeezes and then it expands. The energy tightens and then it lets go. The challenge is most people quit in that last squeeze. They quit just before the miracle. They stop just short of it. When you're doing changes for your internal set point, it's going to feel like a squeeze at the point just before the breakthrough. So you might experience a breakdown just before your breakthrough. That's common. You might feel a contraction just before the expansion. You might feel like you're having a temper tantrum inside. The ego is just going crazy just before the breakthrough, just before your mind breaks open around it and your set point rises up. There's two ways to raise your set point. You can just raise the roof a little bit, give it a little push and go up an inch or two. Or you can kind of push right through and get some good quantum leaps in, in your set points. Most people are going to raise it little by little. And for most people, that's kind of an uncomfortable but most comfortable way to do it. Whether that's for you or not, you have to decide. You have to feel into what's best for you. And it can change times depending on what's going on in your life and depending on the circumstances and depending on what it is what set point you're actually raising so if it's a really sticky one like velcro sticky then be kind to yourself and and inch it up little by little take it moment by moment and just start to stretch yourself a little bit here and there and find that place where you can stretch yourself enough where you can settle into that discomfort. It's not going to be comfortable, but you can settle in there. You can 
hang out there. You can camp out there a little bit and adapt, adjust, integrate, and then raise the roof again. Adapt, adjust, integrate, then raise it a little bit more again. That's the process. That's how you can do it. It's one way you can do it. Then there are times where you'll have these big break your heart open kind of moments or, or blow your mind open kind of moments. And those are more like the quantum leaps. Not as common, but doable. And those are some really deep reprogramming and unschooling and unlearning at the level of the subconscious mind. So we're going to take a short break, but when I come back, I want to go into a little bit more of helping you understand the conscious mind and the subconscious mind, where these internal set points reside, and then how you can tap into them, shine light on them, and start to shift them, and then some of the tools that you can use to actually raise the roof and, and change these set points so you can free your mind and free yourself to really live the life that you're meant to be living right now. So we'll take a short break, and we'll be right back. The Heart-Led Living Intuition Academy with Sue DeMay is a unique unschooling experience designed to unwind, clear, and align your intuitive channel. And the doors are open for you now. Experience unwavering faith and deep trust in your intuition as you strengthen your connection to source, allowing you to walk through every moment with more peace, confidence, clarity, and certainty. Experience this deep personal transformation with Sue's guidance including the option to share what you learn as a certified intuitive coach. This is your time to unwind and reprogram your mind, to rebuild your foundation and realign with your intuitive heart. Enrollment is now open. Apply today at heartledliving.com forward slash intuition academy. Again, that's heartledliving.com forward slash intuition academy. Welcome back. You're listening to Life by Divine, and I am your host, Sue Dumay. Today, I've been talking about how to change our default settings and internal set points in the, in the mind. And I talked a little bit about before the break about the idea of the subconscious mind and, and the conscious mind, but I also want to take a look at where are these default settings also programmed? How do they also show up? It's not just at the level of the mind, but Let's begin with the mind and then I'll go into that in a little bit. So I talked earlier about the conscious mind being about 5% of what's really going on in the, in the mind at the level of the thoughts. And you can hear the subconscious mind. You can hear the thoughts. It's self-talk. You can hear what's going on. For the most part, if you're conscious and aware and pay attention to it, you'll actually hear about 5% of the thoughts. Now, a lot of psychologists say that we have about 60,000 thoughts per day. 60,000 thoughts per day on average. And 5% of those thoughts are what you hear. 95% of those thoughts are in the subconscious mind, like a tape playing in the background. 85% of our thoughts are the same thoughts we had the day yesterday and the day before and the day before and the day before. So a lot of those thoughts are repeating thoughts playing in the background, either in the self-talk or in the subconscious mind. In the conscious with the subconscious mind. Recognizing that there's a lot of repeating thoughts, the more you become aware, the more you practice present moment awareness, the more you raise your level of consciousness as to what's going on in the mind, you can actually bring more of those thoughts that are hidden into the light of awareness and change them. You can also, once as you change more and more of the subconscious programming, you can actually create more on a conscious level, more on an intentional level, the life that you wish to have. So instead of getting controlled by your default settings, you're actually, you're actually more consciously creating. So the question is in every moment, one, who are you sitting down with? When you have an awareness that you have a default setting, you can sit down with ego and try and figure it out. And ego will be like a really good cheerleader. It can disguise itself as love and encouragement. And like, let's do this. Let's figure this out. But it's certainly going to 
keep you stuck in fear in some way because it's fear disguised as love. That's the ego. The ego only knows fear. Or you can sit down with spirit, with your inner spirit, with your heart, with God, the universe, consciousness, whatever it is you want to call it. I call it spirit. And spirit is a bridge to, to our source. So spirit can meet us in our humanness. Our inner spirit can meet us in our humanness and remind us of our divinity and guide us from a human perspective and how to unwind the mind in order to align with the truth, with a capital T, the truth of who we are. And when we follow the heart, when we choose spirit as our teacher, spirit can actually guide us as a human being in our human experience into a remembrance of the truth of who we are. And in that remembrance, we can clear a lot of those default settings. Some of those default settings will clear in a snap, like snap of the finger, and other ones will take a little bit more time. Like I said, those more sticky ones or those Velcro feeling ones, they'll take a little bit longer to change. But all of them can be changed. We have the capacity to change our minds. And the challenge is, is to identify where it's rooted. Where's the reaction rooted? Where's the internal default setting triggered from? So yes, it's in the subconscious mind. Yes, it's programmed there. But where is the experience of it coming from? If we can identify where the trigger or the resistance is being held or triggered from, then you can actually trace it back to the thought or often clear the, clear the programming in the mind without even getting into the mind specifically. So this is where I talk about going through the body to heal the mind or through the emotional body to heal the mind or through the energy body or the spiritual body. So when I work with people, I look at all five bodies, the physical body, that's the easy one to identify. The mental body, that's your thoughts, your beliefs, your desires, your conscious, your subconscious mind, everything that's going on in your head and at the level of the brain. There's a lot going in on that. Then there's the emotional body, all of your emotions. Some, are, some of our emotions are default emotions. Some of our emotions are programmed. We've witnessed how to react to something that happens and we have these default settings. And in our emotional body, there's also kind of the, the physical that connects to the emotional. So let's say there's a stressful situation. We have that physical response in the body and our emotion goes right to stress and anxiety. That's our flight or fight response. Natural. If we're being chased by a saber-toothed tiger. And, or if there's some life-threatening situation. The challenge is sometimes our default setting, our internal set point for stress and anxiety is so heightened that our body believes that our life is being threatened. And it could just be simple as, something as simple as someone calling at two in the morning and then being afraid or worried that something happened and something bad happened. So those kinds of things can trigger these responses in our body that bring us into that flight, fight, or response, or freeze response. When that happens, we have the physical body that responds as well. So all of the bodies influence the physical, but it's where your internal set point is rooted. And the other place it can be rooted, not just emotionally in a default setting, but also energetically. Where's the energetic default settings? So we have our physical body, and just on the outside of our physical body, we have an etheric field or the etheric body. This is like an energy field that is like kind of a, an energetic photograph of the physical body. And it can hold the history of the physical body experiences in its imprint in that photo. This is where people who have had, had maybe lost a hand or, or a limb and they have phantom limb syndrome, that, that experience where they have pain where the limb was, it's in this etheric body that people experience that. And in the energy body, we can also have trauma stored there as well as density. Any trauma 
whether it's maybe from a surgery or a fall, or it could be even emotional trauma, the energy body can hold that trauma in, in a place where it actually feels like it's happening again based on something that triggers us. So an internal set point in the energy body can trigger us into that flight or fight or freeze response, or it can make us uh, respond or react, sorry, with anger or frustration or even rage. Something can take you from feeling totally calm to an instant of rage. That's usually something that's in the internal set points somewhere within you. Then there's the spiritual body. That is often, you know, past life stuff, uh, spiritual contract pieces, generational pieces. There's a lot in that. So sometimes you need to do a soul retrieval. If there's a segment of your soul you left back in a, a past experience in this lifetime or in a past lifetime, those kinds of things can also make us feel stuck and we can react based on that. And it's not at a, in a, a level of the mind that we can understand. I'm doing a lot of soul retrieval work right now, clearing past contract stuff, generational clearings, because it, a lot of that is just coming up to the surface. It's time for all of that to be revealed and healed. So a lot of people are coming to me because they can't see it themselves. They can't find it themselves. Totally common. Don't beat yourself up about it. We're seeing that a lot. And even for me, if there's something that I'm not quite getting myself, I need to work with a healer. I need to work with a coach. And so that they can help me see it as well. Because sometimes we just can't see it when, when it's in our own lives and it's when it's our, in our own experience. Now, when we can clear those past life stuff, when we can clear the spiritual body, then it's easier to be in our humanness. It's easier to have these interactions and not have these uncontrolled internal set point triggers. Okay, now I can do a whole show on each individual body <laughs> just around this. So I'm going to go back to the physical body because I want you to feel it and understand it on the physical level, the emotional level, and the mental level. So I'm going to simplify it because we don't have a lot of time left in the radio show. When it comes to the physical body and you have a trigger, a reaction, emotionally charged reaction to something that's happening in your life in the moment, most times it's related to something that has happened in the past. And the physical body reacts as if it's all happening, that trauma or that situation, that initial kind of trigger, it reacts like it's happening again in this moment. So something that is so emotionally charged, but on a logical level doesn't appear like it should be that emotionally charged, it's probably because it's got history. And it's these history anchors that keep us kind of anchored in the past experiences or the past trauma that influence how we feel in the moment. So we can't heal the past in the past. We can only heal the past in the present moment. We can only heal how we feel about past experiences and past traumas in the present moment. These default settings in our body are deeply rooted. And what happens is we have these reactions because the body is back in that trauma or it's back in that flight, fight, or freeze response, the stress response in the body. It's triggered, it turns on, and it feels uncontrollable. We've got the stress hormones pumping through our bodies. Our body is reacting as if it's being chased by a saber-toothed tiger. Our life depends on us either fighting, running away, or hiding. For our life. And those types of physical responses sometimes are hard to identify. So there's different modalities that can help with that. Any kind of body work, um, somatic experiencing helps. There's different things that you can do as well as energy healing, but the physical element of releasing that trauma from the body is really helpful. And that's where I've used yoga and yoga therapy in the past and combined energy healing and combined the coaching to help people move through that trauma. There's the physical, then the emotional. If you have an emotional memory and there's an emotional trigger, the ego will point to what's happening today 
and make it all about what's happening today. And the ego will create this big, huge story about what's happening in this moment and why you should be so crazy upset about it to justify the reaction you're having, the emotionally charged reaction you're having. When you can pause, and one of my favorite quotes in A Course in Miracles is, you're never upset for the reason you think. When you can pause and tune into the upset, feel into the emotion, let go of the story for a moment, let go of the circumstance for a moment, and tap into the emotion, then you can actually feel the density and feel the energy of the emotion to allow it to move and shift. And often we can go into the physical body to do that. So we're kind of going through the body, through the emotion, identifying where the emotion is, where it's held, and then we trace it back to the level of the mind. Sometimes there's an awareness of where it's rooted in the mind, and often it's just energy and the emotional body that needs to clear, and it just clears from the mind as well. Like that sound effect, that was kind of fun. So physical body, emotional body, mental body. Looking at those three places is helpful. When it comes to the level of density that we experience, the physical body has the most density, the emotional body comes next, and then the mental body comes next. So it's the most densest in the energy is our physical body. That's physical matter. It appears as matter. The emotions are the next density. Any of the negative emotions are more dense than the, the lighter emotions like love and hope and those more positive, what we call positive emotions will be lighter in density. And then we have our thoughts and beliefs, which are even lighter in density than our emotions. However, there's different levels of density in the thoughts as well. Negative thoughts will be more dense energetically and Positive thoughts will be more expansive energetically. When you can feel into, not think about, but feel into it, we can feel it to heal it. So I'm talking about density because I want you to get in touch with the energy behind things as much as you can. And the energy behind things could be feeling tension in the body. It could be feeling a tightness in one area. It could be pain. It could be discomfort. It could be an ache. Another example of density can be that emotional ache or the emotional pain or the emotional heaviness of something. And then we could look at the level of the mind and you could have just the monkey mind going on about something, thoughts of worry. Thoughts of worry will have more density than thoughts of love. So. It's about tapping into the feeling. The feeling will get you in touch with your internal set points because the reaction comes from a feeling, whether it's on the physical body level, it could be a reaction of stress and anxiety. The body goes right into that flight or fight or freeze response. The sympathetic nervous system turns on and you can't control it because it's reacting to a fear or a threat. And on emotional level, you can have different arrays of emotions, but emotions are actually felt in your body somewhere. So stress and anxiety, sometimes people feel it in their jaw. They'll clench their teeth, they'll clench their jaw, or their shoulders will raise up, they'll tense up their upper trapezius, the muscles on the top here are the shoulders. They can have pain in the middle of their back or their low back, pain in your hip. Those kinds of experiences, emotional experiences, can be translated into a physical response. There's always a physical response. So there's just different paths in. Now, at the level of the mind, you can be aware of those thoughts and pay attention to what you hear. And at the same time, set an intention to shine light on what's hidden. It's a little bit more challenging to really get into the mind and unwind it, but there are tools like the ego game of opposites. That's something you can find on my website, which helps expose 
the hidden ego dictionary definitions in the subconscious mind. There's different tools to reprogram the subconscious mind. There's different tools to create awareness around the subconscious mind. The key is with all of this, including your internal set points, is to trust your intuition and follow your guidance from your heart. Because when you follow your heart, even when it doesn't make sense in your head, when you follow your heart, you're actually bypassing the mind, bypassing the filters, bypassing the limitations and the programming, and trusting more of the divine to lead you. That's life by divine. We're trusting that divine nature, our divine essence, to guide us and lead us. And we can actually bypass a lot of those internal set points and triggers. Now we can bypass them enough to create awareness about them. At some point, we are going to need to change them. Some of those internal set points, the moment you have awareness of them, they've changed instantly, like, like a snap of the fingers, like I mentioned earlier. Other ones, they're going to take a little bit more time to unwind from and to make a conscious shift moment by moment, making a different choice. So the next time you have a trigger, the next time you feel emotionally charged about something, the next time you feel you're on the verge of self-sabotage, take a pause and create awareness. Just even a moment of awareness, even if you go into that default setting, even if you, it feels uncontrollable, the moment of you have an awareness, change has begun. You can't, be, you can't make yourself unaware of something you become aware of. So awareness is key. And even if it's just a moment, oh, here I am in that pattern, and then you go into the pattern and you, you follow through, uncontrollable reaction, totally okay. I want you to celebrate. I want you to celebrate the awareness. In that moment, that's a miracle. Then the next time you have that awareness, you might actually go two or three steps further before you react, or maybe you, the reaction is not as intense. The more you do this work, the more you're going to feel empowered. And the more you do this work, the more you're going to shift from feeling out of control into trust. I'll say that again. The more you do this work, the more you're going to shift out of feeling out of control, away from feeling out of control and into deep trust. When I look back at my journey, when my journey kind of began back in 1993, when I started to do my healing work and I started going through counseling and, and really started to dive deep into self-awareness and personal growth and spiritual development, all that kind of stuff, I was so caught up in my head, so cut off from my body that I was... I had no emotional intelligence. I had no physical body intelligence. I had no energetic intelligence. I was only in my head and my head was a storm of self-hatred, criticism, and judgment. It was the meanest place to be in the world. If I was me, I was, it, was, I, it was just mean. If I was talking about other people, I was very loving and compassionate unless I was comparing myself to them. And then I would get judgmental and critical, but mostly toward myself and mostly out of concern for other people. So I really put a lot of other people before myself. If I can go from that level of self-hatred and disconnect to where I am now, that this level of awareness, then anybody can. And you may not have the level of awareness that I have in respect to my intuitive gifts and stuff like that. In a lot of ways, people say I'm freakishly aware. That's just my gift and I've embraced it. But anybody can develop awareness. Anybody can start to change their mind. Every one of us has the capacity to change our experience of life. It's just a matter of whether you make a conscious choice and set an intention to do that. So we've got awareness. Then you want to set intention to heal, to change your internal set points, to make a difference, to raise the roof, to stretch yourself just a little bit beyond your comfort zone. And each time you do that, it becomes more comfortable. And then you want to have 
the question of where you're putting your attention. Because where you put your awareness, where you put your attention, your energy flows. And if you're focusing on the judgment, what's not going right, what's wrong, your reaction, beating yourself up, then you're going to continue to get wound up in that. If you can shift to awareness, intention, and attention, shining the spotlight on something, bringing it, giving it all your attention, and setting the intention to change it, you can actually shift how you're experiencing life. You can go from reacting to responding. You can go to being living in fear to being animated by love and being guided by love. You can go from doubt into trust. You can go from fear into love. You can go from confusion into clarity. But it's moment by moment that it happens. And it's a process of healing. It's a process of unwinding your mind and feeling it to heal it and then reminding yourself of the truth. And sometimes you need mighty companions and sometimes you need those external reminders, whether it's a book or radio show or something else, be open to that. Your recipe to unwind and to change your internal set point on everything is already programmed into your heart. Your ability to change your life resides in the heart. It resides in that place of knowing and guidance and direction. And it's in following your heart that you can actually bypass those internal set points and programming at the level of the mind. If you need help, reach out and let me know. If I'm guided to, if I'm meant to help you, you'll know in your heart. If there's something that you keep being drawn to, whether it's the Intuition Academy or one of my books or even just these radio shows each week, continue to follow that. Follow the guidance. It's important. And even if it doesn't make sense at the level of the heart, follow it anyways. Even if you're resistant and you're distracting and you're trying to avoid it, follow it anyways. When you actually follow the resistance, you'll actually unravel things really, really quickly. And that's a lot of what we do in the Intuition Academy and through the Expansion Level Membership. We're able to unravel things really quickly. I can take people in 10 or 11 months through the Intuition Academy, what it took five or 10 years for me to do personally. I can do that in 10 to 11 months because it's actually strategically designed and organized in a way to take you through a process of unwinding, unlearning, unschooling, undoing, and then building a new foundation. And it's a powerful process. If it's for you, you'll know. If it's not, you'll know, but you'll know on a deep level, not at the level of the mind. You'll know deep down in your heart. All right. So our time is coming to an end here. I have so much more to share on this topic. I could, I, like I said, I could go into each five bodies and, and do a whole episode or more on each of them. But today I just want you to start to reflect on what are your internal set points? How do they show up? How do they not show up? Where can you start to create awareness, intention, and put your attention to making the shifts and changes you need to in order to open up your life, open up your mind, and expand your heart even more. I love you. I appreciate you. I honor you. I see you. Until next time, namaste. You've been listening to Life by Divine with your host, Sue DeMay. Shift your consciousness from head to heart and enliven your soul as you discover how to lead with your heart and live your own life by divine. Join Sue and the growing global heart-led living community at heartledliving.com. That is heartledliving.com.